Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Prayer, by definition, is having a dialogue with God, not a monologue. And the reason I say dialogue is because the basis of prayer is communication, and that works both ways. Oftentimes, we have a monologue with God, spouting all our cares, concerns, needs, and desires. But it's imperative that we take time to listen as well as talk when we spend time with the Lord. Now, in its purest form, one could say that prayer is simply talking to God, talking to the Father. The Heavenly Father is the ultimate authority in the universe and he is the one who we seek in prayer and nobody else because he is a just God however he needs permission to move in your life if he moved without permission he would be a usurper or subjugator and he is neither Satan is a usurper. He oppresses by force without permission. God, however, is a gentleman and requires permission to move. This is why the Bible speaks so much about asking, seeking, knocking, etc. Although it's not listed as a type of prayer, I cannot stress enough the importance of taking the time to listen. It's crucial that we are led by listening to the Holy Spirit or inner witness. The voice of the Spirit is in our heart, it's not in our mind. The heart is the gatekeeper of decision-making, not the mind. We are led by the inner voice and the inner witness, which equates to our gut feeling. Peace is the voice of the inner witness. Listen to it. Remember Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. There is an art to being still and listening before the Lord that has been lost in this age, my friend. I would urge you to do it more often. Now, several people will argue with me that they cannot hear the voice of God, but in doing so, they actually make God out to be a liar. Remember Jesus said in John 10:27, My sheep hear my voice. This is a definitive statement. Not they might hear hear my voice, but they will hear my voice. The problem is on the receiving end and never with the transmitter. Friend, remember, it was the still small voice that Elijah heard. He didn't hear God in the thunderstorm or in the earthquake or in the fire, but the still small voice. And that voice should take precedence in our lives in line with his holy word. One could posit this still small voice is actually the voice of your conscience. Keep your conscience tender before the Lord by keeping a heart of forgiveness. Walk in love and you will hear the Father's voice better. Offense, my friend, is a trap. Please get out of it. If you want to be a successful Christian, you must be quick to repent and quick to forgive. Without this attitude, you will struggle in your walk with the Lord. Also know that the longer your heart remains in a place of offense, it will begin to harden and it will actually make hearing God's voice more difficult. Now let's discuss the various types of prayer today. And having studied the word, I could find seven types of prayer and I will list them for you now. Number one is the prayer of petition, which is basically asking God for stuff. Number two is the prayer of agreement, binding yourself to God's word with a witness present or binding the works of darkness. Number three is the prayer of faith, standing on a covenant promise and speaking to the obstacle. Number four is the prayer of consecration or dedication. Basically, you're dedicating a part of your life to the Lord. Number five, the prayer of intercession. This is typically praying for someone who doesn't know the Lord in a time of danger or trial. 
Number six, the prayer of supplication. This is praying for another believer for the Lord's help. And finally, praying in the spirit or tongues, which has a multitude of applications in God's word. Now, there are different forms of prayer, just as there are different kinds of sports. The rules of some prayers don't apply to others. For example, the rules of basketball don't apply to golf. The rules of golf don't apply to football, etc. So one simply cannot say sports are sports or prayer is prayer. There are stipulations for each kind of prayer. You might ask, why is this so complicated, Pastor? You have seven kinds of prayer listed and this Christianity stuff is so complicated already. Look, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. But the answer is simple, friend. You don't need to define the boundaries of prayer because God has already done that. Many of you listening have already moved in perhaps 80 to 90% of these prayers already without realizing it. We're simply clarifying these boundaries for better understanding. If you've said in the past, Lord, if it be thy will, then you prayed the prayer of dedication. If you said, Lord, help me, that's petition. If you said, Lord, help Sister Susie next week, that's supplication, etc. It's not complicated, friend. This is easy. I don't want you bogged down with these categories. We're just bringing clarity to some of the types of prayer available to us. Now, the first thing I'd like you to notice is that in the instances of faith where the name of Jesus was mentioned, there was no prayer made at all. When the apostle Peter went around saying, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, this was no form of prayer, asking the Father to do anything, but simply standing on the covenant rights in the name of Jesus to perform the works of Jesus. Remember, John fourteen twelve says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, that's Jesus, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. Friend, doing the works of Jesus is different from the prayer of petition. You must ask yourself, what are the works of Jesus? The answer is they are destroying the works of the devil. Jesus explicitly came to destroy the works of the devil. It says that in 1 John 3, 8, and we should be destroying his works also. Remember Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. In the name of Jesus, we can cast out demons, we can heal the sick, we can pray with new tongues, and there is no petition involved in that instance. You simply do it in the name of Jesus. We're standing upon the promises laid out in Mark 16:17, and Jesus made this very clear. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover not might recover, shall. Doing the works of Jesus is clearly evident as doing good for other people and helping others get out from underneath the bondage of Satan who is the oppressor on this earth. Please understand that in all instances of prayer I'm going to talk about today, I'm not talking about declaring the name of Jesus. This is a different topic altogether. People have confused this topic. There's a chasm between doing the works of Jesus and petitioning God in prayer for our needs, or interceding, or supplicating, or dedicating, etc. Friend, we don't have to beg God for something that he's already granted to us in his word. We simply stand upon the covenant rights and privileges God has granted to us in the name of Jesus. That's why it's so crucial that you know your own covenant rights. And that's why I keep stressing this time and time again. So who do we pray to, friend? We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. We don't pray to Jesus. No, we pray to the Father. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit either. 
Jesus Christ is a brother to us, Romans 8.29 and Hebrews 2.17. And we are joint heirs with him. Although Jesus and the Holy Spirit are a part of the Godhead and certainly personalities of the same God, there is one God with three personalities. For example, an egg has three components, the shell, the yolk, and the white. So we have one egg with three components. Water also comes in three forms. You have ice, liquid, and condensation. And there's several other analogies I could use here. But the point is that there is one God with three personalities, or one God that is comprised of three parts. You don't petition your brother Jesus, you petition your Father who is in heaven. So when it comes to petitioning in prayer or asking God for stuff, let's talk now how we approach our Heavenly Father. Right now I'm going to give you six things that will help you in this endeavor. Number one, you should come boldly, but not arrogantly, unto the throne of grace. Why? Because we are seated in a position of right standing with the Father. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Number two, we should come confidently if our hearts are clean before God. 1 John 3, 21 through 22 says, Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Number three, we come believing, not doubting. We come not in unbelief. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And in Matthew 21.22, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So when do you believe you receive? When you pray. The time to believe is when you pray, not when the answer turns up. If you don't believe when you pray, the answer won't turn up. Number four, we ask in faith with a strong expectation. James 1, 6 through 7 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So you might say, I don't have faith in the area I'm believing for. I don't have faith that God heals today. I don't have faith for freedom. Just meditate in the areas of God's word that talk about the thing that you're believing for. Build up your faith in that area, stand on the promise of God, and then you will have a strong basis for expectation. Number five, we come with a heart of forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty five and 26 says, And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. It also says in Isaiah 59, verse 2, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. Ouch! Friend, we come to the Heavenly Father boldly and confidently, but if we have sin hidden in our hearts, we cannot come boldly, because our conscience will convict us. We need to separate from sin consciousness and enter into righteousness consciousness. We have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And friend, if you've slipped up and you've sinned, thank God for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God that that's in the Bible. He's talking to believers when He gave that verse. We have a relationship with God, but fellowship can be temporarily interrupted if we've purposely sinned. 
It's up to us to get back in right standing with the Father, to bring us back into fellowship. We're always in covenant with our Father. I'm talking about fellowship, something totally different. And finally, number six, come with a heart of thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Friend, once we've prayed, we know we have the answer there and then. We can be confident. We express our confidence with thanksgiving because we know we already have our answer. Now is the time to celebrate. Some say we're supposed to ask and keep on asking, but that's obviously not talking about the same petition. We don't ask God for the same thing over and over again. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 7. He said, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen does, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Friend, God's not stupid. We don't need to keep asking him the same thing over and over again. Ask him once, stand on the promise in the Bible, and then continue to thank him until the petition manifests in your life. Friend, ask your father today, believe that you receive and you shall receive the petition of your heart. Prayer is not complicated, friend. The divisions I mentioned today are categories to help you. And we're going to talk more about these in the coming weeks. Friend, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question about prayer or you're just sharing a testimony of something the Lord has done for you, please email me. I'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button 